As we celebrate Pentecost today, I want to invite us to put ourselves in the upper room with the apostles, as we heard in that first reading today. We have the 11 apostles, Mary, maybe a couple of other disciples with them. Um, Jesus, we celebrated last week, had just ascended into heaven, right? He gave them this mission. He said, go proclaim the gospel everywhere, and then he ascended up to heaven, right? So imagine yourself in the place of these 11 men, a couple of others maybe, these 11 men, and they've been tasked to take this movement, take this gospel to the whole world, right? So imagine what they're feeling. There are 11 men, 11 guys plus Mary and some of the other disciples, untrained, uneducated. They don't know what they're doing. They've never done this before. They have no money. They have no plan. No volunteers, no support, no building, no, really have nothing going for them. They might have a couple of believers who might hold to them, but in this whole environment where like their leader was just killed, um, they're, they're probably not a good hostile, it is a hostile environment for a, a new movement to take root. It can seem like, for them, it's very reasonable to say, how is this even possible? Jesus gave us this task that seems there's no way this can even happen. How can 11 men take this, this message and bring it everywhere? It looks like I feel like I'm standing at the top of the mountain, and how the heck am I going to climb up there? God's asking me to climb up there, but it doesn't seem like I can ever hope to do that, right? I feel like in, perhaps in big ways or in small ways, we experience that, that feeling. Of, I imagine the apostles were feeling that night before Pentecost, right? Whether it's like something with school or work or family life or just my own striving to be a holy man and a holy woman. Like, I see how much I fail. I see how far I have to go. And I feel like I'm, I'm at the bottom of this mountain. God's asking me to be way up there, and I don't see how I can even ever hope to do that, right? That discouragement, the weight, the wondering, like, is this even possible? How can Jesus ask me to do this? What is it that made the apostles take a step out of that locked room for fear of the Jews? What made them take that step to burst the doors open and to actually start the mission that Jesus gave them? Heard in the gospel? And we heard it in the first reading. It's a very simple answer. We all know it. But it's a very real answer that we can't lose sight of or doubt the power of. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what changed all of that for them. Notice, the, Jesus came and breathed the Holy Spirit upon them. They received that. They were locked up for fear of the Jews. All the fears faded away. Suddenly, all the human calculations didn't matter anymore. Because they, they weren't relying on themselves. They weren't relying on their own human calculations. But there's a very real power working through them. Not because they did anything, but purely because they received that great gift. There's a reason why Jesus told those apostles, don't do anything until you receive the Holy Spirit. He didn't say go immediately. He said go, yes, but wait. Wait. You have to wait until the gift of the Spirit comes into your heart. Because what the reminder, what the, 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 the message of Pentecost is, is that no matter what we feel like God is calling us to do, whatever our task is, whatever we set out to do, we cannot do it on our own. Period. I cannot do anything of my own power. Contrary to what we're supposed to believe, or what almost like we're expected to believe, I can't do anything on my own. Everything, everything that's going to last, everything that brings real transformation, everything that's going to bear real fruit is not going to come from me. 
but it's going to come from the power of God really and truly working through me. It comes from that, re- that reception. It reminds us that our first task, before we do anything else, the first thing and perhaps the only thing that God invites every single one of us to do is to receive the gift of the Spirit that He desires to pour into our hearts. To receive the gift of His love that He, more than anything, is longing to pour into our hearts. And as I receive that love, as I receive that Spirit more and more deeply every single day, from that is what flows real power. From that is what actually flows transformation of my own heart. And from there, transformation in the hearts of the people that I encounter. I'm able to see, not with a human vision, but I'm able to see how God is working in my life and the lives of others. Even on a human, when, uh, what, uh, on a human level may seem to be a failure, the Spirit enables me not to see with a human vision, but to see with the vision of God, and to see how God is able to bring great things where on a human level there ought to be nothing coming, there ought to, nothing ought to come from that. Our only task and our main task is to receive the gift that God desires to pour out. And as I receive that gift, like that's what, like I said, that's what brings transformation. I was thinking about how like there's cities in the world where like I can't think of the city without also thinking of how God has worked in that city, right? So I'm thinking about like Assisi, Francis, Lisieux, Therese, Calcutta, Mother Teresa, right? Avila, R.C., and there's all these cities where like entire communities were transformed all because one person said yes. One person said yes to God. And because of that one yes, literally, like an entire community was transformed. We shouldn't know about Avila, R, Siena, whatever, all the ones that I just said. None of those are big cities. Those are very small cities in random countries throughout the world that we should know nothing about. But because one person said yes, the entire world knows about that. Because 11 apostles said yes 2,000-something years ago, like we still know what they said. There's no human reason why we should know what 11 men were talking about 2,000 years ago. But for some reason, we still do today. Because it wasn't those 11 men. It wasn't Teresa or Therese or the other one that I can't remember right now. It wasn't them. Francis, he was him. It wasn't them. It was because they just said yes and allowed God to work through them. Thibodeau is probably about as important as as Assisi was. Homa is probably about as important as Calcutta was, right? There's there's a lot great about Thibodeau and Homa and all these places. But on a grand scheme of things, the world doesn't know about Thibodeau and Homa, right? What if God wants Thibodeau to be just like Assisi? What if God wants Homa to be just like I don't think God just wants these certain particular cities to be these great hubs of spiritual renewal. I think he wants the whole world to be like that. He does want Thibodeau to be as known as Assisi is. Jesus said, I don't want to, he said, I want to set these certain parts of the world on fire. He says, I want the whole world 
to be blazing. I want the whole world to be on fire. All it takes, it's not us. It's not, we're not going to go and transform Thibodeau. That's God's job. But all we, what we can do and all we have to do is say yes. Because God needs a yes to be able to work. God's never going to force himself. All he needs is a yes. If I tell him yes, and I'm willing to go where that yes leads me, that's where, that's where miracles happen. Think about Mary in the room, the upper room with the apostles, thinking about the words that she said that started this whole process. Behold, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. Or to say it another way, I will do whatever you want. I will do whatever you want. My life is not important to me because I trust you, because I know you have my good in mind, because I know that you are going to be my fulfillment. So I'm going to do whatever you want. I say yes to you today, every single day, and I'm going to do whatever you call me to do. I'm going to listen, I'm going to receive your love, and I'm going to go where that love moves me, that love that casts away all fear, that love that brings the peace of the Spirit that makes everything seem right. That's the gift that God wants to pour into every single one of our hearts today. And all it takes is one little yes. This Paschal candle right here has been burning every day since Easter. We brought it in at the Easter vigil in the darkness of the church, and we lifted it up and said, the light of Christ. This is the light that scatters the darkness, the light that brings hope, that brings resurrection, that brings new life. And that light's been burning every day through the entirety of the Easter season. Today is the last day that candle is going to be lit. Tomorrow, come to Mass, that candle will be, probably be moved and it won't be lit. Because we end the Easter season today, right? But today can't be the end of the fire. Today can't be the end of the Easter season. We roll into ordinary time, we roll into summer, and we just kind of go where life takes us, right? The, the temptation, that's where the, 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 tent, the, the, the path of the, the flow of life tends to go. But today can't just be the end where we kind of coast on to the next couple of months. God has an invitation today to give a great gift to us. That fire is going to be put out here on the candle, but the fire can't go away. The fire's got to now move to every single one of us. None of us is excused from that. That fire has to move like the tongues of the, of the fire that came on the apostles. A wildfire always begins with a little bitty, a little bitty spark that slowly but surely grows. One thing lights another thing, which lights another thing, which lights another thing. It always starts very small. That little fire has to continue to grow. The invitation of Pentecost is that we might receive that fire and let it slowly but surely grow. Not by doing great things, just by saying yes to God. If I say yes to God, a lot can happen. The invitation today is not to do anything great, but to just say yes to the gift that God wants to give to each one of us today in that power and in that fire of the Spirit, and go wherever that yes will take you. Amen.